Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. Coming up, well, we'll recap a very eventful weekend uh, in the world of sports. But bottom of the hour, the voice of Iowa State, John Walters, will join us. It's a big day in the Big 12 today. Uh, they, uh, the presidents, are meeting, and apparently what's going to come out, at least one of the uh, topics on the agenda is going to be the football schedule. So perhaps uh, by day's end, we will know what the Big 12 is doing. They're the last ones to come forward of the Power Five conferences. Do we learn today? I don't think so. You don't think so? You think it goes, it's put on the table and then put in front of the athletic directors? Presidents. Well, this is the presidents, isn't it? They're, and I just wonder where they are. They're nine and one. They're nine and one. Yes. The third tier rights are so important that they mm-hmm. have to get that and one in there. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that all, I mean, all look at the Longhorn Network. Mm-hmm. They make a boatload of money. Oklahoma's got a pretty good deal. Iowa State's got Mediacom and Cyclones.tv. Do you remember what that pays? I don't. We did know at some point. We did, yes. I don't recall what it is. No. But that's that's my guess. Nine mm-hmm. plus one because of the third tier rights game. So whatever that, if indeed there is a... A non-Big 12 game, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to end up on Cyclones.tv or Mediacom. So does that mean that the Ball State game or the South Dakota game? It's got to be one of those two, right? It doesn't make sense for UNLV, I wouldn't think. We'll see. And I mean, don't forget, the uh, the Big 12 has two games scheduled in three weeks. What's the date today? Four weeks. Four weeks from today. Four weeks from Saturday. (laughs) Uh, we've got two games. Oklahoma and Kansas are both slated to play in week zero. So that means they can be practicing. In fact, they could have yeah, started practice on Friday. I think the clones, their date is August 7th, I think. What's okay. the date today? Today is the 3rd. Today's yeah. the 3rd. So, so it I would be Friday. Yeah, Friday. I think it's Friday that they get to start. So uh, we'll talk to John Walters coming up at eleven or at ten thirty, rather. Trent, this is going to be a guest that will join us at ten minutes before the hour of eleven, all throughout the month of August. Well, training camp for the NFL. If you're a Chiefs fan, uh, Trent and I will be joined every day at ten fifty by the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Always love our conversations. I do too. We've uh, I've talked to Mitch for a number of years. You have as well, mm-hmm. and. It's always fun having him on. It's not just talking about the Chiefs. We'll talk about the AFC West. We'll break things down there. We'll talk about the NFL as a whole. And I think these conversations maybe are ramped up even more this year because of the great unknown. There are times where we kind of know the the beat, the way that things are going to go throughout trading camp. And all right, now we have some injuries and we'll talk about that. And and here we're going to talk about the dorm life and how the guys Mm -hmm. are living there. This is so different. And and Mm -hmm. the questions 
are so different each and every day that we'll have for Mitch and get him for 10 minutes every day. Always great talking with Mitch, and he loves talking small school Iowa football, too. Yes, he does, and high school football as well. He yeah. adopts a high school team usually every year, and I'm sure Drew Locke will come up in the conversation. Oh, yes. It did in our email exchange. <laughs> we had a pretty fun... Uh, you know, I forgot to look. It was, am I, are we supposed to get audio from Mitch on a daily basis? We usually do. We did in the past, yeah, and maybe I don't know if this first one, if there will be or not, but... We'll get that going again. He'll have uh, some cuts from talking to the different players. I do have one, Trent, and I forgot to send it to you, and I apologize. We'll get it in there, no doubt about it. Speaking of audio, yes, I have some audio for you today from Saturday night. So you did the Ankeny-Johnson uh, mm-hmm. championship game. Um, pretty good game by all it accounts, was, right? Yeah, uh, Ankeny was in control for a uh-huh. lot of it, up 7-3, but uh, three put on the board by Johnston, cut into 7-6. Ankeny gets another run on the board in the top of the sixth inning. It's 8-6. And then five from the Dragons. They win it 11-8. Were they all earned? Were there some errors that led to the... It was some shaky play at times out there, but it was controlled more than anything. Mm -hmm. And the walks really hurt Ankeny in this one through a couple of their different pitchers. But really well-played game. Fun state tournament. And they pulled it off. Yeah, They pulled it off more than anything. Huge importance. The Iowa Cubs did such a great job mm-hmm. out there, uh, being out there over this week last week plus that they had the state tournament, starting with the one A games that started that Friday, Saturday before, and all throughout all last week. It, it was incredibly well done. Things had to be cut back a couple of times. Didn't mm-hmm. get what was that Friday night? Didn't get started till late eight forty, I think it was, <laughs> right. with the first pitch of that game on Friday night because. Well, you got to get everybody cleared out yeah. and then get everybody back in. But a great tournament. They did an incredible job with it. It's always fun being out there. And got another foul ball as they caught one well, two I, years ago. I, I saw your picture on Twitter. So <laughs> what what happened? Well, had the windows up. Yep. I'm getting ready. Two outs. And Saturday night didn't have a producer back in the station. Mm-hmm. So AD came in, got me on the air. And then I run the commercials remotely from there. Okay. Which isn't a big deal. But there's two outs. So I'm always getting the little log ready yeah. to know what I'm going to be playing next. And I'm looking down at my phone. I look up as a foul ball is coming right at us. Well, let's take a listen here. I cut up the audio. And uh, what are the scarier moments? So were you life? on the air when this happens? Oh, yeah. Let's uh, Let's take a listen First inning on Friday night, or Saturday night. A couple of ground balls and two outs for Carter Smith. Carter Smith has been about as hot as anybody here at the state tournament as he brings one right at us. That's Look a out. Ball. That's a ball. Trent, you I dove out of the way. I saw it late. I got out of the way. We're all good. Uh, there's Rush Diggett with me up in the booth. Yeah, I. Do you can hear it crashing in this. So I had a decision, and it's that split-second decision that you have to make the decision. Have make the, the player chicken out. The, the Business ra- decision. <laughs> the radio equipment is right there. Yeah, It is right in front of me. Uh-huh. And that ball is heading at my head. So when I would had this happen two years ago, I was able with kind of my left forearm to block it, and it just happened to go right into my right hand. I was standing at the time, as you heard in that clip here. I'm sitting down. Don't have that range of motion that you normally have when you're on your feet. And because of that, well, I could do Well, to be fair, it. you've lost a step or two. Well, right? yes, yes, absolutely. So I went backwards. It, and I did say that there. I literally fell out of my chair as that fall ball is coming at me because I had to duck Matrix style backwards out of the way yeah. or it was going to pluck me in the head. To hell with the equipment. You're getting out. You're bailing. <laughs> I bailed on that one, no <laughs> doubt. Got out of the way. We got the foul ball. We couldn't find the foul ball then for a good two, three minutes. Finally found it after... 
the play uh, ended there. There was a fly out to end the inning, and then uh, during the half inning, right as we were coming back from commercial, found it tucked back behind the TV monitor that's in there that we can see the replays in. So we're able to find the foul ball. Another souvenir, two and three years, and... <laughs> Next time I'm going to catch it. That was not a great effort. No, it didn't sound like it. Anyways, well, it didn't get you. That's the main thing. Yep. You got through the game, and the better, the big, bigger story is uh, they were able to pull this off down yes. at Principal Park, and, and hats off to the uh, well to everybody that was involved, the participants, certainly the Iowa Cubs, uh, social distancing, making those seats unavailable as they did throughout the entire uh, couple of months when they hosted high school baseball games. So, Trent, uh, let's get into the uh, sports from over the weekend. You know, I want to. Well, I got a couple. Obviously, Luca Gars is the biggest story. So let's start there. I was yes. gonna, I was going to go somewhere else, but Luca Gars is clearly the biggest story in the state of Iowa. Uh, that he's going to uh, that he made it official that he is coming back. And all of a sudden, Trent, look, a lot of national people liked this team, mm-hmm. but they like it a whole lot more with 55 yeah. on the floor. And the good news is, is 55 is going to be a part of this team, and it's. Certainly uncharted territory from, I, I get that this, this won't be the first Final Four appearance for the squad, right? Right, right? But it'll be the first Final Four appearance in the history of Sports Talk Radio in Des Moines. No doubt, yes. So, and that goes back to 96. So it's, it's going to be, I mean, the buildup and the anticipation for this, Trent, is going to, and the pins and needles as to whether the season is even going to happen. Um, and I believe it will. But the Big Ten got way better with Luca, but... That's huge. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Illinois news oh, from boy. the weekend. And and I don't know how you feel. I have a pretty good idea. Yes. That the Big Ten, that all the games we watched in the Big Ten last year, give me those two Illinois games. Mm-hmm. Um, they were unbelievable. And, and Trent, they've got a chance to be everybody as good again as Coburn and DeSonamu are both coming back. And, um, and Luke is there. And Bohannon is back, and away we go. It's going to be incredible. And that's one, if they play kind of a normal conference schedule of 20, where you don't have everybody that you play twice, you definitely hope that it's Illinois-Iowa is on there twice. That's one. You talk to the scheduling office. Hey, put in that computer program Mm -hmm. that you say you put together. Make sure you say automatic double play, (laughs) Iowa-Illinois this year. That needs to be part of the the parameters that you put in there when you're making this schedule. Those two games last year were incredible. Oh, my God. They were hard-fought. Rock fights. They were physical. Yep. There was chirpiness, but there was also, you could tell, respect mm-hmm. on both sides. Well, it, not the first game. Wasn't it Illinois, the handshake line? Wasn't oh, that yeah, Ill- that, but yeah. that's something the France teams have done. And now, no. more than likely, not going to have handshake lines. This is perfect for Franny's <laughs> you boys. You know what, Trent? That's, yeah, I never even thought of that. It's perfect. That, this is, and there's been a lot of people that have said it's ridiculous to do anyway. It's, right. it's yes. time for this to end. Mm-hmm. I was never really in that camp. But if there is a time, maybe this is uh, this is going to lead to that. Those folks that were anti-handshake line after the game, I, I didn't have a problem with it. You know what they did all summer in high school, baseball and softball? After the game, you just tip your ball cap. Is that what, as you're walking by yep, or July? They're on, over by their dugout. Yep. You're over by your dugout. Gotcha. You tip your ball cap. Yep. Maybe give a wave with your hat. And mm-hmm. That's good. I like Respect it. your opponent, and that's the thing to do. Do the same thing in everything. Mm-hmm. The, the handshake lines. I was uh, reading through the parameters of Iowa high school football over the weekend, and one thing that there is going that to do. timeout, right? That mandatory. Yes, and they're also extending the sidelines. Yes, where they can significantly. Spread out. Yeah, I think all the way down to the ten. The Tens, coach, yeah. The coaches have to stay in the box, but you can spread people mm-hmm. out a little bit more there. But the coin flip in the beginning of the game, no more four or five people out there, and a whole bunch of other people. There will be one captain that will mm-hmm. go to the middle of the field. No handshakes. Also, before the game, you're taking away a little bit of that. 
which is okay. Yeah. I mean, it's all ceremonial at right, this point. Right, right, right. When they go out there and they make the decision what they're going to do. So just anything possible that you can do in the grand scheme of things, is it going to negate anything as opposed to being out there and slamming into each other for three hours? <laughs> Probably not. No. But And then whatever you do, do not exchange jerseys. Right. The game. Do not do that after running into each other <laughs> right. for hours on end. Yeah, Do not get rid of your jersey and give that to somebody else. But these are all things that in the grand scheme of things, are very small, but they make sense. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense to do that, spread people out as much as possible, give everybody a chance. And it'll be interesting to see, too, with football, You know, are we going to see coaches wearing masks on the sidelines? There Mm. are more people out there. You see that in Major League Baseball in the dugouts, pretty much every staff member. I think it's going to be mandated. I would be surprised if it's not. It should be. Well, the high school level here in our state, it probably won't be mandated. Well, no, no, no. Yes. Uh, not here in Iowa. But, but in some other states, right, in, no doubt. In, yes. in NFL cities. Mm-hmm. and uh, Anyways, uh, back to the uh, BMW Des Moines guest list. Well, good you didn't get hurt on the foul ball. <laughs> and good that Luke is coming back. Yes. And please let basketball happen this year oh. because the Big Ten is going to be uh, so fun no, to watch. No, Xavier Tillman, though, with Yeah, Michigan you know what? State. And I, I, a couple, three weeks ago, there was a release that he's made his decision right. and he's coming back. I remember the same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I, I knew I wasn't making it up in my head. And I in fact, you and I spoke about it on the air, mm-hmm. uh, but he's had a change of heart, apparently, and he's going to uh, leave college and um, more power to him. He's but, got his degree already. Yep. He has a young child. Well, that's just in one on the way, I think. Oh, really? Yes. So, I mean, this one makes sense. Mm-hmm. This guy is an elite defender. He's going to be a guy that has to develop a shot from the outside. Sure. He's not the biggest guy. He's not, no, he's not. You know, a hulking 6'9", 6'10", kind of you know, stretch four that he'd be. He's more likely going to be a small forward, but he's such a good defender. The NBA, we've seen so many of these guys. You become a 3 and D player, you're going to stick for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think Xavier Tillman certainly has a chance to be one of those guys. I, I thought I it like made this sense. story, Trent. I, mm-hmm. uh, I like this story, and, and good for him. And um, but, but Illinois, Iowa, please give us that game twice. In the 11 o'clock hour, okay, Mitch Holtis. Again, if you're a Chiefs fan, if you know a Chiefs fan uh, that might not be listening, um, let him know Mitch Holtis, the voice of, his, of uh, the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champs, will join us every Monday throughout training camp, which is underway, and then once a week during the regular season, with the exception of by week, uh, Mitch will join Trent and I to preview that uh, weekend's game. Uh, looking forward to that segment. It's always fun throughout the NFL season. Scott Dockerman leads off the 11 o'clock hour. He had a nice long sit down with Kirk Ferentz. Did you read the piece at The Athletic? I did, yes. Uh, the folks that uh, didn't believe that uh, that Iowa would in, uh, put a garbage can on, or uh, Iowa, Chris Doyle would have DJK make DJK wear a garbage can around the field, and Chris Doyle would frame a picture and put it in his office. Well, that did happen, according to Coach Ferentz, only once, uh, but it did happen. Uh, there's some good stuff in there, Trent. The, my, the only negative I had out of it, and it has to do with DJK, and I was trying to. They're on the right path, right? We they're they're going forward. They've learned their lesson. I was disappointed at the end that Ferentz didn't even leave any wiggle room whatsoever that he would be the bigger person and reach out to DJK. Mm-hmm. That no, I'm not calling him. If he wants to call me, he can. Yeah, come on. You're, you're the bigger person. Change is on its way. Everybody says it's positive. Well, not everybody. Everybody that roots for black and gold says it's a positive. Uh, we're, we're seeing positive results, at least so far. Take that other step. Take the other step. I mean, you, 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 um, but he's the one guy. He's the one guy that has had this kind of back and forth. The negative sure, things that but DJ be a man. Be a man. Be a man and pick up the he phone. He is in every, pick- t- in every situation, though. He has been. He's a guy that still is out there trying to help Akram Wadley, even with all these things. Yep. There's one person. Is there one person in your life 
that you're not going to be the bigger well, man for I, it. It's I, DJ Kafer. Right. Okay. I don't have a program that had racist tendencies that I'm trying to, you know, make everybody think that everything is fine. But that's but is that really the issue with DJK? His issues weren't things racial. His things were something completely in a different direction. Yeah, but but let's not let's not be naive to think that he was the only one that was doing the marching powder. Now he might have been providing the marching powder, <laughs> right. but he was not the only one on that team. And there's a, anyways, I don't. Well, that was a, that was ten years ago, and Peralt and I did that show, and it was popular <laughs> um, as far as the phones. Anyway, so let let's. I, I just wish he'd reach out. You don't think he has to reach out? I do, uh, but uh, we can agree to disagree on that. I think it should be a bigger person, but who knows uh, whether that relationship ever gets solved uh, or not. There was one other thing that I wanted to bring up in there um, as well, and maybe I'll think about it before mm-hmm. we get talking. And then Peak Futek at uh, 1130, we will talk college football, the Pac-12 making some news. Uh, the players, Trent, as we've said for weeks now, if they only realize that if there ever was a time, this is when they've got all the power. Uh, if they want change, um, athletic departments need them to play football, and they, at least some people in the Pac-12, realize uh, just how much that the power they have behind them. Ken, you've been talking about this a lot since April. And that's when name, image, and likeness first uh, started to become a bigger conversation again. There was a lot more conversation. And, and during those times, you continually said that, that these players, they have the power. Mm-hmm. They have the opportunity now. If there's going to be real change in college, college athletics, it's going to come from them. When you read through some of the things, there's a lot of things to scoff at. Revenue sharing. Yeah, they're not going to get half of that. They're, they're not giving I think half. I saw a tweet, if it was a Big Ten school, each player would get $400,000. Well. No, I don't. I but didn't do the also, math. That seemed like I mean, that's. There's a big pile of money. I get that, but really, everybody's going to get that much. Well, and the universities are also the ones that also have to pay. This isn't. They're talking about revenue. We know how they cook the books in oh, college sure. athletics. You have to spend and, everything. Hey, um, you know we do have a two hundred thousand dollar extra here at the end of the season. All right, well, let's we'll build gonna, something. We're going to divide that two hundred thousand by seven hundred student athletes. And here's your guys' check for 300 bucks each. I mean, that, that's realistically what it so would be. So I don't know Title IX well enough to, um, to know the answer to this. I, 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 do, I mean, I do understand the, the, the premise of Title IX. But the Pac-12 was saying that the, that the sports that generate the money distribute 50-50 amongst the school. So if the rowing team makes $100 profit at the end of the year, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Um, do does the rowing team then split that fifty, or do they get to split the the big pot, the big pot, the football? Right, right. And I don't know how that would work either. I, I mean, I would assume that yeah, every scholarship athlete would receive the same kind of money, and that's the way that it's written in. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending, and and I don't know if that goes down to all right. If you're a full scholarship, you get a full share. You're a quarter scholarship. You're on the wrestling team, and you got a one fourth scholarship. You get one fourth right of, of a share, whatever that is. How that would break down. Walk-ons, what do they get? The walk-ons that actually play, do they get more? Well, yeah. And on and on and on. This is a difficult I do like the health care, Trent. Yes. I do like the health care that they get uh, health care benefits after, they've, uh, after their playing career ends. We'll see where it's going to go. Look, they don't have anybody that can take that message forward. They've got a group of players, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think anything, I just don't think anything's going to come of it. I really don't. Yeah. These kids want to play. I get that they want to play. Um, and that was something I read last night that there's there's a lot of Pac-12 players that are like, I love the idea I'm in, but I'm not sitting out. Right. I'm not going yeah, to sit exactly. out. And, and and that's where the real power is. Twelve guys overall over 12 institutions, they decide to sit out. 
it's going to be difficult to have the power that they need. They need something. Mm-hmm. They need hundreds of guys that are going right. to jump on board right. in order to make this a reality, and that's not going to happen. And then Rolovich out at Washington State, oh, that story. What a fool. That, now, you read the transcript, and it's not nearly as bad as some no. of the initial reports True. that were out there that – he said he was going to sit out, and he was cut automatically. That's not the way the conversation went. No, he he. Uh, now, true, but could you read it? I mean, that's that's an awfully convenient fallback. Mm-hmm. No, I do get that point. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to uh, opt out, you have to opt out entirely. Right. You, yes. you can't be in the you can't be in the locker room. You can't be in meetings. If you're going to opt out, you're going to opt mm-hmm. out. B- because of um, litigious reasons, right? Yeah. Legal reasons, you can't be a part of it. So, um, and I'm sure if four, five, six, whatever kids mm-hmm. decide in a f- football program, we're opting out. All right, you're not going to be part of the program. You're not going to be in the football offices. You're not going to be the locker room. But they're still going to find a way. Hey, here's here's where you go on the campus that you can go that the general student population goes to work out. Mm-hmm. Still do this. Here's your workout. Still, we'll still give you those. But you're not going to do it inside of our football locker room. Right. I, I think that makes complete sense. Absolutely. Uh, baseball from over the weekend. Your twins took three oh, or four. They're so good. They really are, Trent. They, they, they really are, with the exception of Shane Bieber, who had their number on, what, Thursday night? Uh, it was low scoring, certainly the last couple of games. Cubs, uh, they uh, went to extra innings and put that man on second base. Uh, they did make it through the 10th, but the game was... Uh, uh, decided in the 11th inning, which was fun to watch. I like that part. Uh, look at, here's one of the bigger stories of the year. There's two of them on the Cubs. And if I had told you that, uh, Jeffers and Chatwood would be right now battling for the, uh, MVP of the first couple of weeks of the season on this Cubs team, you'd have thought I was nuts. Yes. But Jeffers has been unbelievable. Uh, and, and Tyler Chatwood has been unhittable. Tyler Chatwood, a guy that came in with a big contract, got the three year mm-hmm. deal, got nearly $40 million and, had a live arm, yeah, but never. Well, he's coming from Colorado. This is that's going, why I think you give him a chance. Yeah. And I remember saying that. And here he is, three years later, yeah. in the last year of this deal, he's bounced back and forth. He was a number five starter and usually terrible, long mm-hmm. reliever at times, largely terrible in that role. A couple of moments, but that's basically it. And this guy looks like what they were expecting to get three years ago. This guy looks like somebody that you can throw out there every fifth day. And you're confident we have a chance. That's not the conversation we had. Right. We had a lot of jokes with the, at Tyler Chatwood's expense here over the last two, two and a half years, I guess it would be. He is looking excellent. The bullpen still needs a lot of work, but Jeffers has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. They're swinging the bats, and nobody else in the Central is playing real well with the Cardinals no. and Brewers not playing this weekend. Yeah, boy, what's going on with the Cardinals? I mean, we've been hearing all day yesterday that there's a bunch of positive cases in the Cardinals clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Started, I don't know, around lunchtime yesterday afternoon. I haven't heard a peep since then, Trent. Right, yeah. It has been quiet. Are they scheduled to play tonight or tomorrow? Were they off today? They, let's see, the schedule. I think there was a game. I, they had the Tigers in Detroit. That has already been postponed okay. for tonight. Uh, looking at the schedule, they are scheduled to I know the Cubs goes 5-10. in this weekend. Oh, The Cubs go to St. Louis this weekend, I'm pretty sure. So today are the Marlins back? Uh, yes, they've had they've had negative cases. They should be back. They should be back. Phillies are back. Phillies are back. Um, Blue Jays don't come back until tomorrow. They weren't scheduled to play until tomorrow. Manfred's come out and kind of walked back what he said last late last mm-hmm. week. He's walked that back a little bit. And he's. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> right. Was well, it really up to you, Rob? Uh, no, no, not at all. You're you're, you're the spokesman for the owners. Uh, but look, it's it's been fun to watch. So is the NHL. 
So is the NHL. The Chicago Blackhawks. I got to tip my cap to this team. I did not see this coming. Jonathan Taves looked like he's in his mid twenties, not his mid thirties. They got a rookie uh, Kubalik from Czech Republic who had a, set an NHL record for points in his first uh, NHL playoff game. That was unbelievable. The Minnesota Wild won yesterday. Uh, it, it's um, it's weird, but you know what? Of all the sports that we've seen so far, and full, I have not watched a ton of NBA. Uh, because it's regular season. I, I had you covered there. I watched more NBA did this you? weekend than I did NHL until really the wild game last night. Mm-hmm. I watched from start to finish that one, and it was really fun to watch. But the NBA is so different because they still have the piped-in music. Right. The NHL, I, it still struck me as very – I felt like it, I was watching exhibition matches. See, did you? Because to me, of the sports, I thought it looked more like normal – because you don't see the fans in an NHL game. Outside right? of the corners when they're standing there. Right, but, but yeah, you're watching yeah, the, the puck. Right, yes. Right? And there's very little downtime where they're not, you're not between pitchers. They're not you know, showing the mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you're, you're following the puck. So I didn't notice the lack of fans in the building as much. It was the sound that got me in the NHL. Well, Just, but when, uh, when one team scores, they pump in that team's goal song. Right, yep. I thought it's it was pretty good hockey. It was. It was high-level stuff. Yep. And uh, fun. We'll get a late-night Blackhawks game tonight. Yeah, they're 9.30. They've got the late shift tonight as they try to go up two zip in their series. That'll Ooh. be excellent. Tomorrow night, late night for the Wild and Canucks game. Are they too. Are they late again tomorrow? 9.45. Really? That's too bad. For that one. Yeah, you go to bed. I'm still up, so I'm all about it. Right. I love those late ones. Your Jets, what, this afternoon? One thirty. One thirty. Yep. Five-game series. No, they're done in three. They're done in three. Yeah, they have no chance of winning this series. You're throwing dirt in. Trent, they lost 80 goals out of their lineup on Saturday night. They had two significant injuries, Liney and Shifley. Yeah, Shifley, they said it was an Achilles injury, but not as significant as they initially thought. Uh, It's lower body. body. We we don't know. It is the playoffs. It's lower body. I mean, honestly, there was calls for a stretcher on the ice, but they picked them up. But it's lower body. <laughs> uh, John Walters joins us next. Right now, KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword uh, RICH to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. That's RICH to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Miller and Condon till noon. John Walters on Iowa State. Mitch Holtis on the Super Bowl champs at 1050. That's the first hour of the program. We're here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. KXNO and 106.com. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get to John Walters. He is the voice of Iowa State. Again, a big meeting. Iowa State decision makers meeting this afternoon. Uh, We may know by the end of the day uh, what the Big 12 schedule is going to look like. John Walters joins us to discuss that and more. He's with us. Hello, John. Good to talk to you. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing pretty well, John. It's my opinion uh, that of the scenarios that are being tossed out there, conference only, nine plus one, or the or the entire schedule. Look, we hope that they can play the entire schedule. It seems unlikely. Uh, my 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 thought is nine plus one is 
going to prevail because that plus one may lead, uh, I'll use Iowa State as an example, um, you guys to putting whatever that game is on Cyclones.tv, uh, thus be able to uh, capitalize on your third tier rights. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's one of the many layers to it that um, that has to get sorted out. I suppose you could make that argument. Um, I, I think that any decisions that are made um, by the Big 12 powers that be are going to be based on on what's the safest way to have the season. And and then after that, you know, you start looking at the other things like TV and, and all the other parameters. But I think you got to start with, you know, what, what's the most likely way to get as many games in as possible in the safest way possible? And, you know, that's such a moving target. It's, it's just almost impossible to predict what's going to happen because – um, I, I think information changes so rapidly and, um, you know, just when you think you have a plan, um, it gets blown up and you have to kind of start all over. And I think that's what we've been experiencing. Everybody's been experiencing throughout this entire time. And so, um, even if, even if some announcement is made today, I, I just don't know how much you want to write it in pen versus sure. write it in pencil because you know, <laughs> that's just the nature of the beast. That's, that's what we have been dealing with throughout this entire time. But, um, you know, it, it is likely, I think, when you look at all the other conferences and what they've done uh, to kind of go to that that model, um, it, it might be something that the Big 12 follows along with. Um, so all the Power Fives are kind of in the same boat. But even then, they really aren't. I mean, there's so many different dynamics with each conference that um, it, it's just really hard to predict what's going to happen. John, day-to-day for you, uh, of course, you go up to Ames, make the drive up from Ankeny throughout the football basketball season, and, and you have your job with Cyclones TV. L- working on a college campus right now, how different is it? Are you walking around every day in mask? And, and how often do you just get outside of your office when you're up in Ames on, on campus? Yeah, the, the, masks, the masks are absolutely a, a must, you know, uh, up here. I, I don't think you want to be... Um, walking around without one and you know it's going to be such an important part of being able to safely open up um the university you know not much less athletics you know and really when you look at the efforts that mark Coberly and his athletic training staff and i heard when he was on your show with you guys he was great um he was fantastic and they've they've been taking great steps um and really the the football team is kind of the model if you ask me of you know that if if you do social distance and you do wear masks and you do look out for each other and kind of put your, the greater good above yourself, but that this thing can be curtailed a little bit and you can, you can get on with life a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, I think it's an impressive thing for uh, a group of 18 to 22 year old guys to be really showing society that, you know, with, with a real commitment to each other, because these guys are looking out for each other. They're saying, "Hey, you know, let's." I don't. I want some freshmen coming in here and ruining it for our seniors. You know, and and so I, I think there's a sense of togetherness and altruism in this deal that uh, that we could really use. And I hate to lecture, but I think that's what we need as a country: is everybody saying, "You know, let's do it for each other and get through this thing." Because who wants it to just keep going and going? But uh, certainly when I'm walking around on campus, I'm wearing a mask and, 
and I'm, I, there, there hasn't been a lot for me to go around campus and do because there's just been uh, such a limited amount of access to things. And um, it, it's just you, you don't you want to keep the number of people around uh, these student athletes to the bare minimum and the coaches. And, and so I think that's important. And I think that'll be important as we get into the season, too, is is really keeping access to the locker rooms and things like that to the absolute minimum people uh, possible. You know, you, you brought up Mike Coberly a minute ago, John. I just want to, we'll get back to football and basketball in a second because Baylor got better this morning as well. I'm sure you saw when Butler <laughs> yeah, decided to come back. There was a lot of announcements this weekend, but Baylor's going to be there. They are loaded. But to, to Coberly and, and his team over there, I saw what they're doing for volleyball. You know, one of the conversations was he was on, he brought up volleyball. He just used an example of some of the things that um, uh, you know, that they're working. It's not just football. It's all fall sports that they're working on did you see the net that they came up with i mean you're still be able to see through it but it's kind of i don't know a a hard it's some type of plastic but that's what it looked like Mm -hmm. anyways but just brilliant john oh i I agree and that's the kind of innovative thinking that's really needed right now And, and i did see that i thought that was really impressive basically just uh i don't know what the the uh material is but basically a see through material that covers the holes in the net and makes it more like one big shield that you can still see through because mm-hmm. when you think about volleyball, you're standing face-to-face across the net from an opponent and uh, to limit that exposure of your breath onto them and vice versa makes a tremendous amount of sense. And I wouldn't be totally shocked if, if, if uh, that became a, a norm with you. for volleyball. You know, I mean, yeah. just even in competitions, not just in practice. And it's, high school. It makes sense to me. And I'm sure that the ball probably bounces off that surface difference than it does I'm off the sure. regular net, and there'd be some adjustment. But, hey, who isn't making adjustments <laughs> right now? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I love that kind of innovative thinking, and I think there's a lot of that going on on this campus, and that was a great example of it. I'd like to buy stock in that. High oh, schools yes. are going to be all over you. I mean, sheesh. There's big, yeah, big money. Sense. Yeah. Who's going to get that? Hey, John, it, it looks like we are trending towards – for the Big 12, one non-conference game and then the nine conference games that they're going to have. More than likely, of the red-clad teams they're going to face, is it South Dakota or was it the newest opponent in Ball State? If it is just one opponent, who do you think it'll be for the Cyclones? Oh, boy, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, we, we that might not even be the result today. It, it could be mm. that, the, you know, it's forging on with trying to get uh, all 12 games in. So, yeah. I think we have to kind of wait and see that today does seem to be a day where we might learn more. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, UNLB is a much farther trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Dakota could bust down here. Um, Ball state it w- would make some sense in terms of a Mac opponent, but um, I really don't know. And there's not going to be a perfect solution, but uh what I do know is that the players, at least from what Matt Campbell has said, the players at Iowa State really want to play. Uh, they're excited about the season. They want to play. And I sure hope they get that opportunity. I, I'm with you. John, was the South Dakota game ticketed for uh, uh, Cyclones TV? No, nothing's been Nothing yet? Okay. Yet. Yeah, nothing yet. Yeah. So, um, you know, ESPN Plus is actually the carrier starting this year. Oh, for I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so it'd be Big 12 now, and I, I just don't think that they've gotten far enough into this yet to, to determine any of that, and so we'll just kind of have to wait and see on that one as well. 
So your conversations this summer with Matt Campbell and the coaching staff, it's been difficult for everybody, no doubt. But if you can, take us in a little bit to that coaching staff and how they've worked through going back to spring football to where we are today in such a different offseason, how it's worked for these guys and how they've kind of buckled up the bootstraps and gone to work even with everything else going on around them. One thing I've always said about Matt Campbell, and I really believe this to be true, the more craziness that's going on around him, I think the better he is. I, uh, you know, he he is so good in situations where there's a lot of adversity and craziness going on around him. And there's, there's numerous examples that you can go back and pick out, like the Kyle Kemp's game at, at Oklahoma, <laughs> uh, where there's all the craziness that week, and then they go and pull off a win like that. Uh, the bowl game against Memphis, where... Uh, David Montgomery looked like he had a touchdown. It was overruled, ruled a fumble. Uh, Matt Campbell says to his players on the sideline, "I'm glad they didn't overturn it. I, I, I want us to have to go win this game with our with our uh, with our defense." And so, um, you know, there's there, there's a lot of examples like that where uh, the world's kind of going crazy around him, and he really settles things down. And this is, of course, the ultimate test of that. Um, but I but I think Matt and his staff really feel like they have a very good football team this year, and um, and I think they feel like with the veterans that they have in key positions, uh, that they're pretty well positioned to be able to handle this kind of adversity better than maybe some others could. And so, uh, you know, I, I think he's done a tremendous job of just focusing on what you can control, and that's all you can do in these situations. And so um, those guys have been going about their business, and as I mentioned earlier, being really good about looking out for each other and, and trying to keep each other healthy and I, I think so far the results show that they've been doing that. Uh, to basketball, real quick, John, our final couple of minutes with you. Baylor's picked uh, everywhere. I've seen Baylor picked as high as number one, especially now with the news that Jared Butler, he's coming back for another, uh, for what would be what, his junior year, right? Sophomore last year. Um, Correct. Yep. So, I mean, the, the the Big 12, it's it's kind of weird not to see, can't, not that they're far below anybody <laughs> else, but Baylor on top, at least some preseason prognostication not Kansas, it's the Baylor Bears. Yeah, when you look at the guys, they have returning with Teague and Vital and and Butler. and Maybe Clark. I mean, they've, they've got, yeah, Clark, Tristan Clark, certainly. Uh, a guy who kind of dipped back last yep. year and then, then came on a little bit as the season went on, but certainly a, a former All-Big 12 player with plenty of talent. Um, their talent level and their uh, number of quality players that they can put on the floor, not, you know, Davion Mitchell being another, um, they could they could really be an electric team to watch. And losing Gillespie will hurt. I yep. think he was a real glue guy for their team, but um, but they have other pieces, and they had some other transfers waiting to to become eligible and and become a part of that deal last year too. So he's got a pretty good pipeline right now of talent coming into that program, and I think talent wise. Uh, you could you could match them up with just about anybody. And the thing we saw with last year's Baylor team is how well they played together. If they can find that kind of chemistry again, I think they'll certainly uh, be one of the top three or four teams in college basketball. Mm. John Walters, voice of Iowa State. John, as always, thank you for coming on. We appreciate your contribution. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk Bye. to John Walters on Iowa State. Think we'll know today? I don't. I, I think I don't want to say kicking it down the road a little bit further. What do we know? What, maybe that's that should be. Uh, here's what I think we know. I think they want to play twelve. Mm-hmm. I think they're resigned to the fact that nine and one is more likely. 
I don't know. <laughs> That's where we are. You know, a lot of throwing your hands up. We haven't up and asked we the virus, right? Yeah, what, what, what they're going to do. And they have a seat at the board in the boardroom. Or I guess the they have virtual. The yes, they do. Uh, we will take a time out for the first of many uh, times here in the month of August. Mitch Holtis joins us next. If you're a Chiefs fan, ten fifty every day. You can hear from your voice about your team, the defending champs on Miller and Condon. Mitch Holtis joins us next. It's fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We take you until noon. Uh, Going forward in this time slot for the remainder of training camp for the Kansas City Chiefs, those world champion Kansas City Chiefs, the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, will join us as he will do uh, once a week during the regular season. We're grateful for that. Uh, Mitch, good to reconnect with you. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, Congratulations to you and the rest of Chiefs Kingdom on that unbelievable season they put together last year. How are you? Ken, you're not my favorite Canadian, but you're in the top five. I know the doctor's uh, still at the top of the list, right? He is mine, too. And, yeah, yeah, he's uh, and a great representative of your country, I might add. Yes. And great to be reunited with Trent. And the first time I've been on your program as a defending world champion. <laughs> right. And i got to tell you, it, it kind of feels good, even though the last five months have been crazy, as we all know. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, Mitch, we're, look, we're all kidding aside, and uh, we will uh, I look forward to this segment each and every day. What's it like, Mitch? I want to get into what's going on with the Chiefs and how they're handling it in a second, but St. Joe is such a popular place for everybody uh, and all the fans and everything. What's training camp been like as you dip your toe into it and get going? It's, it's the story, uh, and then we'll get to what the Chiefs have had to done to adjust. But honestly, it's, you know, we've all had voids presented by the coronavirus, whether it's not having our kids go to school or being able to go to a worship or, I mean, there's a thousand things, right? Um, but that St. Joe experience has turned into a fabulous experience. And here's where, here's Ken, here's where my heart is bleeding a little bit. Kids. We had so many kids last year at St. Joe and there were just thousands and thousands every day. This year, of course, it would have been nuts. Because of Mahomes' popularity mm. and the Chiefs been in two straight AFC Championship games and blah, blah, blah. But kids come, kids 10 and below, and they flock from everywhere. And it's, it's seriously, it's, a, it's like the Iowa State Fair for Chiefs fans. Mm. And uh, so I, I will miss that more than anything, is seeing all those kids and families being able to come to St. Joe. Patrick Mahomes gets the new deal this offseason with it, also buys a share of the Kansas City Royals. I mean, he is seemingly doing everything right in that community. We know he's a star. Right now, he's the face of the NFL. The popularity, I mean, it's through the roof, I'm sure, in Kansas City. But just his importance to this franchise, and now knowing that he's going to be there for the next decade and a half. And Trent, it's being redefined every day by him. This kid is unusually, you know, he checks all the boxes mm-hmm. of talent, right? Arm strength and intelligence, photographic memory. Um, just feels like, you know, developed on some planet Krypton or something. Uh, but here's what's really underrated about Pat is his unusual maturity. He has, for a 24-year-old, an unusual physical, mental, and emotional maturity. 
with that contract and with buying part of the Royals, and he'll probably get part of sporting before it's all over, too, mm. is that he wants to build his life in Kansas City, not just play football. But he's done it everywhere he's been. Like He, he, he plants his footprint. He's done it at Texas Tech. They love him there. He's done it at White House High School in Tyler. It's just the way he's wired. But, guys, this is an unusually mature young man at 24 years old. And the way he did the contract and buying the Royals is all part of him wanting to just dig a deeper, deeper root in the community. I, I, he's unbelievable to watch on and off the field, Mitch. You got a, you've got a good one there. I don't need to tell you that uh, in, in all aspects. I want to ask you about Rick Burkholter because this is uh, the, the Chiefs, uh, like all the rest of the uh, the other thirty one uh, NFL teams and sports in general, are doing their darndest to keep their athletes safe. Uh, but Mr. Burkholter's uh, getting some attention around the league. Tell us about him and what the Chiefs are doing uh, to try and put in the proper procedures for safety for everyone. Ken, I'm going to give you a precursor a little bit here to tell you the importance of Rick Burkholder. I think after Andy Reid's wife, he was the next guy that Andy Reid called when he told Kansas City yes on January the 1st of 2013. He goes, Rick, pack your stuff. We're going to Kansas City and we're going to win. Rick had been with Coach ever since his first year in Philadelphia in 1999. Now, since then, Rick has emerged as one of the leading athletic trainers in the country. Uh, he's, he's published, he lectures, but he has become a leader, if not the leader in the National Football League, in dealing with uh, this coronavirus pandemic. It has been, as I said, an unusual five months for all of us. But the Chiefs have had to reinvent themselves. They've had to reinvent camp. They've had to reinvent their whole complex. And a lot of it's due to Burkhalter. But now the NFL is not only giving the, the Lombardi Trophy to the Chiefs, they're looking to guys like Rick to figure out how do we have a full season. I'm proud to tell you we were, we were the first team to get approved with our, um, our IDA, our Infectious Disease Emergency Response Document. So that document had to be approved by the NFL first. Then it went on to infectious disease people in, uh, at Duke. And then it got approved by the NFLPA. And the only way that that gets approved so quickly is because this organization is a team. And I will stand here today and tell you, us being in the Super Bowl and facing adversity in the playoffs and banding together as an organization and experiencing the week in Miami absolutely helped me, this organization, and my team be able to accomplish what we accomplished in the last nine weeks to provide a an environment that we think is as safe as possible for these players, coaches, staff, and, and all of our families. So now he has been the focal point. He's become kind of the consult, if you will. And it really deals, too, with Andy Reid's leadership, guys, because Andy Reid could be CEO of principal. Mm. Uh, and I love Randy Edeker at hy V, but Andy could, you know, he's that level of caliber of leader. And uh, honestly, it's been Andy behind the scenes, but a surround of people like Rick that have put the Chiefs in a great position to lead the NFL in having a complete season. So that sounded like it was done on Zoom. How, how's the new world for you, Mitch, doing your meetings? Oh. I know you love to be in person with everything. How's the Zoom been going for you here these last few months? Mm-hmm. You know what? It's been brutal, to tell you the truth, but who's going to complain, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, we're back to like the Gutenberg printing press here. The <laughs> the thing is, though, um, I've had some separation anxiety because I have great relationships with these players. Yes. I build relationships in the summertime with the rookies. I help with our rookie can- academy, uh, and that's all gone. And so now I'm going to be at the facility tomorrow, um, and it's it's just been it's been difficult, Trent. It's a great question, but it has not been easy. But I'm not going to complain or groan just because of what everybody's having to go through. But it's not not easy. I could go through this season. I tell you, I tell you this honestly. I could go through this season without ever having a face-to-face interaction with Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes or anybody else on this team. That's where the NFL is at in trying to uh, make this season happen. Hmm. Mitch, just real quick in our final 20 seconds, do you, will you travel with the team? I know baseball announcers are not on the road. Will you? Has, it been, has there been anything from the NFL regarding that? Stay tuned, Ken. Okay. It changes really from morning to afternoon. And I'm getting ready to go on a Zoom call now, and who knows? That might be my answer, <laughs> but it might change tomorrow. Crazy. We will talk uh, no, to you what? Yep. I, thanks to folks at Papa John's. They make this possible. And I know you love lunch. Yes. Might as well grab a shakaroni, extra large pizza for 12 bucks. My guys, you know, the Donaldsons, they're working, walking through with me in this whole experience. It's uh, Shaq's been a great, great uh, asset to that company, no doubt about it. And we're <laughs> grateful for what they do for uh, for you and for making it possible for you to join us. Mitch, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I look forward to the month of August throughout the entire season. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Trent. We'll hear from Mahomes tomorrow. Oh, good stuff. Oh. little tease there. Good one. Thank you, Mitch. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Scott Dockerman on Iowa next. Miller and Condon until noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.